0: Hello and welcome to Everybody Pulls the Tarp. I'm your host Andrew Moses. I'm joined today by Manon Rayom, the first and only woman to play in an NHL game. Welcome to the show, Manon. Thanks for having me, Manon. And I, if I'm not mistaken, it's it's not just the, the first woman to play in an NHL game. You're the first woman to play in any major North American uh,
1: sport yes, league. It is.
0: <laughs> what a. You're uh, right. What a moment. I, I, I remember it. I was, I was young, but it was you know 1992, if I'm not mistaken, when you uh, took the ice for the Tampa Bay Lightning in that preseason NHL game. What a, what a special moment.
1: It was. I remember like if I was yesterday, that walk from my locker room to the ice, my heart was beating so fast. And uh, the cool thing is when I stepped on the ice, the butterfly went away, and I was just playing a, another hockey game. But uh, that walk, I can remember like it was yesterday.
0: I remember as a kid having a, a, a Menon Rayome trading card uh, in, in one of those hockey sets back in the day. But uh, well, it's great to have you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to to um, digging into your whole career uh, as, as we talk here for a few minutes. I guess where I want to begin is, you know, when did, what, what drew you to hockey at such an early age?
1: Yeah, I had two brothers that uh, played hockey. My father was a coach and my dad would make an ice rink in our backyard every winter and uh, no girls were playing at the rinks, So every time I wanted to play with my brother, they would say, get dressed as a goalie. We'll practice our shot on you. And uh, I was their target, basically.
0: So <laughs> that's how you became a goalie. They I just took your hats on.
1: Absolutely. And uh, one day, my dad was at the dinner table, and he was telling my mom, uh, we have a tournament coming up. And none of the kids show any interest to play goalie for the tournament. I don't know who to pick. Someone's going to get upset. They have to play goalie. And I said to him, Why not me? I do it my, with my brother all the time in the backyard. And that's how I got started.
0: So that's how you get started. You, you, you just raise your hand, you take a chance, and you step up. When, when did you realize, you know, I, I'm pretty good at this?
1: So we, I started playing, and I was starting to get some success. And uh, I remember one time when I was younger. Um, one of the dad came up to my dad and said, listen, my son's playing in a driveway and he's really good goaltender. Maybe you should try him next game. And my dad come up to me and said, you're not going to play goalie next game. We'll let you play out. Uh, and I said to him, why? Like nobody wanted to play goalie. Not that I'm doing good. People want to play goalie. And sure enough, this kid, my dad said, trust me on this one. And uh, this kid's come in the ice and play goalie. We lost like 13 to three. Uh, After the game, all the parents would come up to my dad and said, we need your daughter back in the net. And, you know, he was right by making sure to make a point to the people that I belong there and I deserve to be there. And uh, after that, uh, kids would go and try out at the highest level. And I wanted to try out at the same level than they were.
0: So at that point, you know, it proved it didn't matter whether you were a boy or a girl, man or woman, you were the best to to to, to best goaltender uh, the right team. there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so at at, at what point so at that point do you do you say to yourself, you know, I could play in an NHL game or did did it did, did it not even dawn on you at that point? That early.
1: It never crossed my mind at that point. I never saw a girl playing or a woman playing in the NHL. Uh, My role model was a hockey player from the Quebec Nordics. I remember my favorite goaltender was Danielle Bouchard and he played for the Quebec Nordics. And that's, he was my idol. Um, I didn't see female, I didn't even know that women were playing hockey. I thought I was the only one because no other girls were playing where I come from. So I never thought I would made it that far.
0: So, so, so you, know, you certainly aren't at that point thinking about the NHL like you just said there. You didn't know it was a possibility. You didn't even know if women were playing hockey uh, around the world too much at that point. So how do you, how do you work at that point to get better, to, to develop your game? Did, did you start to set goals for yourself and, and, and training programs? How did you go about setting goals and achieving those goals for yourself?
1: Yeah, at a young age, I didn't really realize I was setting up goal, but I wanted to play the highest level every year. So I would ask my dad, I want to try out at the AA level like everybody else on the team. And my dad would take me to the training camp and people would tell my dad, uh, don't bring her here. We're not going to pick her girl. She'll take a spot of one of our boys that's going to make it to the NHL one day. And, but my dad would still take me there, but he wouldn't tell me that they didn't want a girl. So when I would get cut from the team, I was disappointed. I was sad, but I would come home and it would say, my dad, like, can we go outside? Can you practice with me? I want to get better. I want to make this team next year. So when he saw that I was getting motivated by getting cut, um, He didn't want to share with me that they didn't want me on the team. So I keep saying to people, my dad really, really loved me. But him sending me back to the training camp and no, I'm going to get cut. It was really, he knew that that was bringing the best out of me. And I have to say that without that, I probably never made it to where I made it.
0: That's interesting. So I'm curious. So do you think if your dad had told you, you know, hey, Manon, they they just don't want to you know, they they don't want you on the team because you're a female. Um, Do you, you know, do you think that you would have been as motivated or would it have discouraged you about the possibilities?
1: That I cannot answer because it didn't happen. But I I just, the thing that I know, it's the fact that he allowed me to fail. The fact that he allowed me to face uh, adversity and rejection made me a stronger person. And I remember I, it started right away the first day when I, he told me that it's okay, I can go play when I asked him why not me. Uh, he took me down in the basement and he started shooting pucks at me. And I got one on the shoulder and it hurt. And I went down and my dad looked at me and said, get used to it. He said, if you want to play hockey, it's not going to be easy. Sometimes the puck's going to hurt and sometimes it's going to be hard. I said, "If you want to do netting, that's going to be fine. You'll be fine. You're not going to get hurt. But if you want to play hockey, that's going to happen." And then you knew at that moment that um, if this is what I wanted to do, I'm going to have to face those adversity along the way.
0: And it would it would certainly you know, come to help you, you know, when you uh, when you get to the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning camp, which will which we'll talk about uh, in a bit. So, you know, goaltending is interesting. Uh, to me, I you know I I played roller hockey a bit uh, as a kid. I, I never played you know competitive ice hockey, but I love the game. Um, when when uh, you know I grew up a New York Rangers fan. Uh, I enjoyed going to Madison Square Garden, uh, watching Wayne Gretzky in particular. Um, when Wayne Gretzky was with the Rangers, I always admired the little things that he would do, even without the puck. You know, I remember my dad telling me, "Look at look at Gretzky. He's behind the net. He's creating space." He's doing all these little things. And I think, you know, uh, I, I think about that a lot. You know, you and I have talked about this show is called Everybody Pulls the Tarp. And it's, it's based upon a philosophy that I have that the, the best teams and the best organizations are powered by individuals who contribute in unexpected ways. They do the little things outside maybe their job description to make a difference. So I'm wondering, you know, as, you know, I was never a goaltender, but what are the little things that a, that a goalie needs to do? to be at their best that make a big difference?
1: I think one of the biggest thing uh, for a goaltender is the mental strength. It's uh, such a stressful position. You're the last person and you can either be a hero in the game or the zero. So you got a bad goal, everybody knows you allowed a bad goal. You got a great game, everybody knows you have a great game. So you have a lot of pressure and the mental preparation it takes uh, to be in the zone to play a great game. It's very tiring. Like I remember every time I finished a game, I was more tired mentally than I would be physically, uh, just to stay focused, to prepare yourself prior to the game. And also, as a goalie in something that people doesn't talk, but reading the play is super important. Uh, it may sound strange, but to be able to, to kind of be a step ahead and know what the player in front of you is going to do before they do it uh, would give you an advantage. And me, with my size. Um, I couldn't count on my size to block the puck and cover the entire net like the goalie does. Does she? Uh, you know, now like they all like over six foot goalie and they're big. They have some are six four, six five. They're taking the entire net. I was smaller, like I was uh, five seven, and I didn't cover a lot of nets. So the importance of be strong mentally and be able to read the play uh, was really important for me.
0: So reading the play, what you're talking about is, are you talking about you know, I mean, you've got to be monitoring what's going on even on the other end of the ice.
1: Absolutely. Or when a, someone is coming at you with the puck, your vision, you need to be able to see what's around you while you're watching the puck. And also with their body language, the way they handle the puck, the way they carry the puck, if it's in front of them, on the side of them, or where they're looking in the net. So you can kind of read. What is their intention with the puck? Are they gonna pass? Are gonna they gonna shoot? Where they gonna shoot? So, um, and again, this is all come from mental preparation and be able to read those cues. Was
0: was that something that you were able to develop and get better at over time? That mental preparation.
1: Absolutely, Um, you know, because obviously when I was younger. Uh, where it was not in the time now that, you know, everybody's got goalie coach and private lessons and having all this. We didn't have any of that. I never had a goalie coach when I was younger. I just learned to, I had to learn my way to stop the puck. So that preparation was really important. And uh, like we didn't even, I think I remember going to one hockey school, but it was not a specific goalie school. And uh, so it, it was uh, I had a, to do a lot of learning on my own and you develop things. And along the way, you you meet people that play the position and help you and teach you different things.
0: So let, let's fast forward a little bit. So when, when does the when does the call come from the Tampa Bay Lightning about the possibility of you joining them in a preseason training camp?
1: Yeah, after I played in the major junior game, I think it, it, a lot of people were talking about me having played major junior. And uh, one of the scouts of the Tampa Bay Lightning sent a video to Phyllis Posito of me playing. And at first, I didn't know it was a girl, and he had some good comments to make uh, on the video. His negative one was I was a little small. <laughs> and then uh, after my year in junior, I went to work for RDS, which is a French. Uh, all sports tv station and I had like a base uh, job there and uh, my first assignment was the NHL draft because it was in Montreal at the forum there and I remember going there and my job I would go and uh, go see the players that would be getting ready to be drafted for interviews I would just go get them and bring them to the person that was doing the interview and while I was there, that scout was there, and he introduced me to Phil Spuzzito, and he said, "Phil, you remember the tape I sent you? This is the person." And we start talking, and he invite me to to the training camp. And at first, I thought it was joking. And he said to me, "I'm gonna send you a letter, and you have two weeks to answer, and um, you're in." So, sure enough, I got the letter in the mail, which my mom still have to this day, and uh, I got invited, and I went for it.
0: So you're 20 years old and you go for it. You you arrive, there there had to have been doubters, right? Or people making making comments or asking bizarre questions, you know, along the way wondering if this was for real. Can 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 she play here, right?
1: Absolutely. Like when I accept that invite, a lot of people said to me are you not afraid to look bad out there. You don't have the same experience as some of the guys that's going to the training camp. And the reason where, why I didn't have four years of Major Junior like most of the guys that would go there, it's when I play, when I finally make the highest level of Bantam um, all the goaltender was invited to the mid triple AAA camp, which is right before Major Junior, except me because I was a girl. So I took a different path to make it to play at least one year of mid- Junior. And um, so it was a, a different path, not because I couldn't do it uh, the other way around. It's just they didn't want a girl there at first. So I found some someone just found me um, while I was watching my brother uh, in the midget AAA game. And one of the coach of the trois Rivière team that I played for, um, and he started talking to me, and he said, hey, I saw you game when you played for that women's league with uh, Team Quebec and on TV, and you were great, and we started talking about his team, and he was mentioning all those players that was playing for him, and I was saying, oh, I play with him, I play against him, and he said, you can come and practice with us and see what you can do, and that's how I got my shot with the junior team, so at that point, when Tampa invite me to Tampa Bay I like I don't care why they're inviting me if that's the fact that I'm a female it's an advantage for me to be invited in the past it was the reason why I didn't get invited so at the end of the day I'm the one has to perform on the ice and uh, I'm gonna go for it because I didn't want to have regrets in 10 years from now and said what if I went to the camp
0: what, what a, you know, what, what a, what it's something that everybody can learn from, right? Because, you know, throughout your life, you, you, what you loved and the opportunity to play was taken away from you. And then it, it was given to you and you, you seized it, even though, you know, there were, there were potential risks or there might be critics or, you know, or people who would, would say that you um, didn't belong, you know, even though you had the, the talent to, uh, to be there. So you get there. W- what was the biggest challenge when you're in preseason camp with the Tampa Bay Lightning?
1: I think the the most nervous, maybe not the most nervous, because I think before the, my first exhibition game, I was the most nervous. But one of the moments that I, I question if I made the right decision is the first night I got there, we had a meeting and we had to go in this big room. And I remember going and sitting in the back of the room and I saw some of the French players there. Uh, so I went and sat with them because my English was not good at all. I barely speak any English when I got there. And I remember the coach saying, hey, everybody in the back, come sit in front. And that walk from the back of the room to the front of the room, and I was looking around me and seeing those big guys. I even saw Tony McKechnie, that he used to play for the Quebec Nordics. I, I was watching him play when I was younger, and I went and stood in front, and I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing here? And I had that little moment of panic. But the next day, we went uh, right on the ice, Uh, It was a mini tournament right away. Everybody was divided in four different teams, two goaltenders per team, and every goalie was playing a period each. And that first time on the ice, I knew that was crucial for me because people would judge me. Um, And I played amazing. I had no goals in 14 shots. I was the only goalie in my game to allow no goals. And it's after that game that I had a press conference and Phyllis Bousteau announced the way you saw her play today. You may see her in exhibition game. So, and that's one of the things that people never talk about. They always said, "Oh, they just put her in an exhibition game for publicity." They would have never put me in the game if I didn't perform prior to the game. Um, they would have not take that risk. So, I, during the mini tournament, I finished in the top three of the goals against average, and that's what earned me the start in the preseason game.
0: Wow, what a what a story! So I'm I'm wondering, um, did you know? Did did you did you know at that point the impact that that moment would have on young girls, young women, and, and and boys? I mean, I I was like I said earlier, I remember it, and I remember being inspired at the moment. Did you know the impact that you were having?
1: Absolutely not. (laughs) I had no idea that I would have that kind of attention. I remember the first day that I got to Tampa, they had a big pile of mail waiting for me. And I'm like, what's that? And they said, oh, that's your fan mail. And I was coming every day. And it was huge. I'm like, what is going on? I'm just coming here to play hockey. And you know, just all the media attention. I remember also they asked me to do the David Letterman show. I didn't even know who David Letterman was. I was from Quebec. Uh, we only had French TV. I never went to bed that late <laughs> in my life. So I didn't know who he was. So I was just going there and do the show and everybody was making a big deal out of it. And it's not until like 10 years later when I was living in the US and see the people that was on his show, I'm like, I cannot believe I was on his show. Yeah. And that made me realize the, you know, how big of a deal what I did. Um, and, and or moms that would come up to me and said, my daughter uh, did a project on you in school. Are you such an, an inspiration for my son? Uh, my son's got a poster of you. Uh, so those are the things that make me realize that my story ins- inspired some people.
0: So you talk about some of the nerves, uh, you know, in the, walking through the, you know, walking from the the dressing room to the uh, to the ice. You talk about some of the nerves when you're in that meeting. When you're on the ice, are you are you able to? Tune a lot of that out, tune the fan mail, the the noise, the nerves. Are you able to tune a lot of that out and stay focused?
1: Absolutely. And I think that was most, one of the most amazing moments to be so nervous walking from my locker room to the ice. Like I felt like my heart would come out of my chest. And I soon I stepped on the ice, like everything went away. I was in my zone. I was where I love to be on the ice when I the only thing I knew basically <laughs> since I was five years old to be on the ice. I had two brothers that play. I think we were, our family was at the ring six or seven days a week. Um, and I, you know, I was not like it, for me, I was just playing a hockey game. I was not the first female playing in the NHL game. I was just playing a hockey game. And they started right away with a power play. And I'm thinking to myself, really, this is how we're starting the game. But it was the best thing because I got a few shots right away and I got into the game.
0: So in in 1998, uh, you you go on with the with, with Team Canada to win a silver medal in the Olympic Games in Nagano. What was that experience like?
1: It was uh, another amazing experience. Um, every time I was young and watched the Olympics, every time. Uh, Canada would come out for the opening ceremony. I remember having like butterfly and be so excited to see like my country walking around uh, the opening ceremony. So the time that our bus pulled into the Olympic village where we were staying, and that walk down the bus, it made it real. And you see all those athletes, you see the village, you see the different country. And it was just like, just an amazing moment. And that, that walk around at the opening ceremony, you couldn't take away the smile that we had in our face that day.
0: So as, as you think about, you know, you know that moment to, to now, you know, hockey, you know, especially in the U.S. and women's hockey has come a, a long way. Um where where do you think the, the sport is headed?
1: Yeah, I think like I started to play and no other woman was playing with me. I was just with the boys. And now young girls at the age of four, five, six years old can start playing hockey, play on a girls' team because they have enough great uh hockey girls' hockey player to make teams that are competitive. Um you can get scholarship to go to American college or Canadian University. Uh, you can play on the Olympic team. You can go to the Olympics and you can also play in the pro league. Uh, it's not where we want the pro league to be right now, but I think um, every year they're making a stride to make it better.
0: So just a week or so ago, a, a great new children's book called breaking the ice, this true story of the first woman to play in the NHL by Angie Bolaro uh, hit bookstores and uh, uh, Amazon and wherever you can get books. It's the story of, of you men And, um, I guess, you know what is it what does it mean uh, to you now to to have that story, to have your story continuing to be told?
1: yeah you know it was just like really cool to work with Angie. Uh, first of all, she approached me uh, about five years ago about the project she wanted to do for her next movie. Uh, she wanted to had a female lead and inspire people. And as soon she mentioned inspiring people I was in. Um, and then along the way, she's also a children book writer. So she started writing the, my story in a children's book. And it was really cool to see that because some of the picture, I, I can relive those moments like sitting around the dinner table with my parents or when my dad, the first time I went on the ice, he put a helmet on me before entering the ring to make sure nobody knew I was a girl. Um, so those moments, I relive it in the book. But most importantly, Uh, We want that book to tell young people that you can dream and go after your dream. If you love something, if you're passionate about something and you work really hard, you can accomplish anything you want to accomplish. And you don't need to fit a mold. Like when I went to Tampa Bay, I was probably the total opposite of what an NHL goalie should look like. My size, my gender. I speak French, um, so I could barely understand like what the coaches were saying, but I didn't let that stop me to take that risk, and I hope that I can inspire people to go after their dream.
0: I think the key word there, Manon, is, is people, right? Because it's not just young girls, right, or, or young women, it's it's anybody, um, young boys i, I you know I, your story is is truly inspiring it's one of overcoming you know adversity it's it's staying positive it's not saying no when somebody says you can't can't do something what you know what what is your message to to young people today in terms of like staying positive um when 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 times are challenging or there's obstacles in their way
1: I would say every time you face an adversity or a rejection, something good's gonna come out of it. You may not know now what it is, but you realize later what good come out of it. Like when I was getting caught for the first time, I was getting caught and all I thought is I was not good enough, but I didn't let that stop me to continue to to work hard and eventually make the team. And what I realize it's Having not faced those adversity younger in life, I would have had a tough time later um, with dealing going to the camp and dealing with all the media and dealing with different adversity that I had to face later in life. And So I always said to people like any obstacle, any adversity, you're going to learn something great from it. And this is why I love coaching girls hockey now, not only to teach them things on the ice, but really show them that from hockey, you're learning so many great life lessons.
0: In addition to the children's book Manon, there's there's a feature-length movie coming out about you called Between the Pipes. Um, I can't wait to see it. I I know there's not a release date yet, but we're all we're all anxiously awaiting it. It will just continue to tell the Manon Rayom story to the world. What do you want? When what what do you want your legacy to be?
1: I guess that every time I look back on my entire accomplishment, what made me feel the most satisfied is that I was able to inspire people with my story. Uh, It was great to go to Tampa Bay, it was great to go to the Olympics, and I will always remember those moments. But knowing that I made a difference in people's life, they have no better feeling than that, and I, I hold that this is what people will remember from my story.
0: Well, Manon, I think I think uh, we all will uh, continue to uh, celebrate your story,, and I can't wait to see what you do next because I feel like you're you're just getting started and and have your your hands in so many great things. It's been such a pleasure, Manon, to have you here on everybody pulls the tarp. Thank you for joining today. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you.